Blog Talk Radio. Well, praise the Lord. This is Evangelist Janet Taylor coming to you live from Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry International. We are here in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, but our mailing address is P.O. Box 1148, Walkertown, North Carolina, 27105. You can find us on the internet at www.wallsoffiredeliveranceMIN.com. That's www.wallsoffiredeliveranceMIN.com. Or you can contact us through our email address, which is jet245 at msn.com. If you're being blessed by this ministry, you can sow a seed 
by through PayPal or through Zelle. And our PayPal address is jet245 at msn.com, and it's the same for Zelle. So if God is blessing you, you want to bless us, you can do so by using that identification, jet245 at msn.com. Our phone number here is area code 336. Eight three zero zero six zero one, and I'd like to invite you to join us Monday through Saturday at twelve noon Eastern Standard Time, and on Sunday night at eight p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the sweet hour of prayer. Jesus said to his disciples, "Can you not pray with me for one hour?" And the phone number for the prayer line is. Area code 425-436-6333, and our access code is 716-5050. That's 425-436-6333, and the access code is 716-5050, followed by the pound sign. We've got a good lesson tonight, and I pray that those of you that are listening will take heed to what God is saying. He spoke to me a few weeks ago, and I wrote it down about secret sins, and that's our topic for tonight, secret sins. God is going to deal with the body of Christ and our nation about secret sins, but I'm talking to the people of God tonight because God's going to deal with us first. Judgment will begin at the house of God. And our scriptural reference for this topic tonight is found in Psalm chapter, uh, the 90th division of Psalm and verse 8. It says, Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. And we're going to go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 2. And this is what it says. But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And so we as believers should not be walking or operating uh, in secret sin, but I'm finding out that there is a lot of that going on in the church today. And God is not pleased. So he dropped this word in my spirit, and we're going to deal with it tonight. First of all, what are secret sins? Secret sins are the things or the sins that people try to hide from God. In other words, 
um, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, their first response to sin was to hide from God. Now, there's nowhere you can go on this planet uh, to hide from God. But nevertheless, that seems to be our first response for many people, not everybody, is to hide their sin. And um, there is no such thing as hidden sin. The Bible tells us that God sees everything. He's omnipotent, which means he has all power. He's omniscient. He is all-knowing. And he is all-seeing. He is everywhere at all times. So there's nothing hidden from God. But secret sins uh, are referred to as iniquity. And um, these are the things that are, they are very dangerous uh, sins because they can actually split off and develop lives of their own and um, be controlling you without even knowing it. So I want to talk to you tonight, to those that are listening, about secret sins and what the Lord is saying about secret sins. Now, God spoke these words to me a few weeks ago, and I wrote it down. And whenever he says something like that, I don't dismiss it. I go back to it. After I write it down, um, I, I, I pray about it and meditate on it, and then I go back to it to see what the Lord is saying. And I inquired of the Lord. I said, Lord, what are you saying here? And God said he is judging the church and this nation, uh, especially the leaders, um, about their secret sin, um, things that seem hidden, that is being done in the dark, these things are now being exposed. Um, God is causing them to come to the light because the Bible says that the day and the night is the same with God. Now, most sin is committed under the cover of darkness, but that doesn't matter to God because the day and the night is the same with him. He sees it all. Glory be to God. And so um, God is going to uh, uncover some things um, in this season. He's going to uncover uh, evil deeds and um these secret conversations, these backroom deals that are being made, and uh, even these evil thoughts, God, he knows them, and he's going to expose them. And the reason being is because God is such a merciful God that, you know, he gives us grace. But Paul said, Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And the answer is certainly not. So what happens is God, he knows all about your secret sins, and he gives us grace, which is time to repent privately. Time to go to God and time to confess these things and, and, and tell God, 
what you're struggling with and ask God for help so that you can overcome this thing. And so when God gives us space to repent and we don't come to him and we don't turn to God and we don't seek his faith for help so that we can get rid of this thing, then what God will allow is you to be exposed publicly. So you can go to God privately and confess this thing, or if you continue in it and just try to um, not even acknowledge that you have this problem, especially in leadership, in ministry. I was um, looking at something this week of a, of a pastor right here in Fayetteville, North Carolina. I, I don't even know the man's name, so I'm not even going to try to call it. But um, I watched a video of him weeping and uh, uh, repenting publicly because he got caught in a sinful relationship. Um, his lover put this video, uh, recorded him, and, and, and put this video, put it on uh, 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 YouTube. And so here he was, the pastor of a great uh, church in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and this man has been exposed publicly, and he was weeping. Now, my heart went out to him because he did confess it, and he said that he was sorry for what he had done, and, um, um, you know, he, he made a video ex- exposing uh, all of it. He made a video. He said, you know, he knew people had seen uh, this uh, video that this guy had put out there on him, but he wanted to address it, and he took ownership for it. He took ownership for it. And that is what the Bible says, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So what is the difference between confessing our sins and trying to hide them? It's just that. When you confess it, you go to God. You go to God with whatever you are struggling with, and you confess your sins to the Lord. And he already knows, but he's like, he's our father. He's a good father. And he's waiting on you to come to him and, and, and cry out to him because God is a God of great grace and great mercy. I cannot tell you the number of times um, it, it, it would be, we'd be here all night if I told you the number of times I had to go to God weeping, confessing something that I had said wrong, something that I did wrong, even something I thought. I went to God with it. I did not let it tarry. I did not let it linger. Now, we know we have an example um, in Psalm 51. David wrote, 
Psalm 51 when he sinned with Bathsheba. And David um, repented for what he had done because not only did he sin with Bathsheba, he had her husband, Uriah, put on the front line so he would intentionally be killed because David had impregnated her and then he tried to get Uriah to sleep with his wife. And when Uriah was more honorable than he and would not sleep with his wife during uh, wartime, David thought his only other solution was to have him killed. So he told um, Joab, he sent him a letter, and he said, put him on the front line in the heat of the battle. And he knew that Uriah would be killed. And that's what happened. So God sent the prophet Nathan to him. And I'm going to tell you something tonight. Those of you that are listening to the sound of my voice, beware when God sends you a prophet. Beware when God has to send a prophet to you and uh, with a word of correction. So, Nathan, he used a uh, he used a, a parable, so to speak, to tell David of his sin because David was still the king, and he could have had him beheaded. But David repented when Nathan said, "Thou art the man," and David wept before the Lord. And the Bible says that David said. When I kept silent, my bones waxed cold. David actually kept silent for two years. This child was two years old when Nathan went to him and confronted him about what he had done. And as long as David kept silent, what he meant by saying his bones waxed cold is that his relationship with God, my God, his relationship with God was damaged. It was, it was, it was no longer a vibrant uh, relationship. In other words, he, David had poured cold water on his relationship with God, and he, he, he wasn't able to go to God like he had been uh, 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 previously, and 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 and, and sin—that's what sin does. Sin separates us from God. It's not that God leaves us because we sin. Consciences cause us not to want to go to God. Glory be to God. And so David, he he said to God, and this is what broke my heart when I read Psalm. 51 in its entirety. He said, um, creating me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. He wanted to be put back in right standing with God. But then David said, uh, take not thy spirit from me. And what David was saying was, you can take the kingdom, you can take the Sheba, you can take the child, but what Whatever you do, God, don't take your spirit from me. Because David understood that he could not live without the presence of the Lord. 
David was a true worshiper. As a matter of fact, he loved the Lord so much that the Lord said that he was a man after his own heart. He never said that about anyone else, but he said that about David because David worshiped God with all his heart. But yet he sinned. He sinned. And when he sinned, he tried to hide that thing from God as if God didn't know about what he had done. He committed adultery, and then it led to murder. And that's what sin, that's what people don't realize about sin. Sin will take you further than you want it to go and make you stay longer than you intended to stay. That's how sin is. And the pleasures of sin, which are but for a season, it's a very short season. The thing that you once enjoyed and thought you loved so much, enjoyed, you got so much pleasure out of it, it will turn on you and bring you great sorrow. And so David, he was involved in secret sin. And um, the Bible says that there is spiritual wickedness in high places. And this is evident, especially in our nation, in our government, and particularly in the churches. You know, when I, when I watched this video this week of this pastor just weeping because he had been publicly exposed, my heart went out to him. My heart went out to him. But I only had one question. The only question that I had was, would he have repented if his lover had not publicly exposed him with a video? Would he have repented? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know the answer. Nobody knows the answer to that but God and that man. But so many times people continue in sin. They do it one time, they get away with it. They do it again, they get away. And so, at some point, if, if you are a spirit-filled Christian, the Holy Spirit, which convicts the world of sin, the Holy Spirit in you ought to bring that conviction. You ought to not be comfortable in unconfessed sins, these secret sins. And these secret sins is what's tearing up the church today. That's what's tearing up the, the body of Christ today, these secret sins, things that people are struggling with, but they won't take it to the Lord in prayer. The song says, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. But if we don't take it to God in prayer, then you're trying to carry a burden that you are not meant to carry. And you can't, you, you, you can't do away with the burden. There, there's nothing you can do to get rid of it because what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So, Secret sins are iniquity. 
They are hidden sins, things that are hidden. And we think they're hidden from God, but they are not. And instead of crying out, Lord, please help me by shining the spotlight on this and helping me to come forward to you so that not only can I expose this sin, but I can expose the devil. That's, that's who needs to be exposed. But we are, the enemy says, oh, you don't want nobody to know about that. Oh, they're going to shun you if you tell that. But you know what? The devil is a liar. Glory be to God. So, Father, I pray for our nation tonight that the Holy Spirit will convict our leaders uh, and, and, uh, of sin and greed uh, for those who are trying to kill, steal, and destroy your people, oh God. God, I ask you to stop their evil plans and, and, and their plots and schemes and devices. So much is being done against God's people, even in the church. Lord, help us to be set apart for your glory, hallelujah, and to be holy because you are holy. God never asked us to do anything that he didn't already equip us to do. He sent the Holy Ghost so that we could live holy. Glory be to God. And, and Father, uh, 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 we repent tonight. We repent, um, and we ask you to forgive us of our secret sins. Uh, uh, the Bible says, let every man examine himself. See, nobody, nobody has to point the finger at you. You know yourself. You know where you're falling short. You know what you're struggling with. You know those thoughts that keep coming back to you. Now, i got to say this. Every thought is not yours. The enemy is firing off those fiery darts. That is why you got to have on the whole armor of God. you got to have the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness and your loins girt about with truth. The word of God is, is, is our number one weapon against the onslaught of the enemy. So those that are neglecting the word, you are already giving place to the devil. You're giving him access to you because you have no word in you. And what the enemy is, he's always looking for access, access, access. But where the word is, he'll, he'll get the access denied message. And where there is no word, he's coming right on in. He's coming right on in with his demons. And, and so we have, to, we have to stay prayed up and, and, and fasted up. And I'm going to tell you something. Uh, you got to have your loins girt about with truth and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We must have the shield of faith. The scripture says, above all, having the shield of faith to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. Satan and his imps, they are firing these uh, uh, fiery darts at the saints of God in rapid succession. It's like a machine gun. Let it tap, 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 tap. But you you have got to have the shield 
liar and the father of lies. But he's going to lie to you all day. He's going to tell you you're not this, and you got that, and you're not this, and you didn't do that, and you got this, and you didn't do that right. And he's going to tell you nobody likes you, and he's going to tell you you're ugly, you're dumb, you're stupid, and you can't get anything right. But you have got to have the word of God in you. When he comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. But if you don't have no word in you, you have nothing to fight with. You can't use the weapons of our warfare, which are mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds because you don't have no word in you. And that is one way that the enemy is having a field day in the saints of God's lives because instead of the saints of God spending an hour or two or three or four in the word of God, the saints of God are busy being entertained. Piper has come in and lulled the church to sleep. The Pied Piper has played his music, and we have fallen asleep in the house of God. We, we're asleep. We're asleep. It's like a, 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 a rocking a baby to sleep with a lullaby. And that's what the enemy has come in and done. The scripture says, while men slept, an enemy came in and sowed tears among the weak. So we're praying for the church tonight. We're praying for the leaders of the church, the pastors and, 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 and the ministers and the deacons and all of the officials of the church, the evangelists, the prophet and the prophetess and the apostles and the teachers and preachers, we are praying for you tonight. We are praying because none of us are exempt. None of us. The Bible says that the enemy goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So we have to be prayed up, hallelujah, armed and dangerous, having your armor on at all times. You can't take your armor off. Glory be to God. So we ask God to help us in whatever it is that you're struggling with tonight, that you will take it to the Lord in prayer. You've been trying to hide this thing for so long, but I'm going to tell you something. It's like like sleeping in a bed and, and the covers are too short. You pull the covers over your feet, and your head stick out, and you pull the covers up over your head, and your feet stick out. Some part is going to be exposed, and so you can't cover sin. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. We don't cover sin. Sin has to be eradicated. Sin has to be removed with one and only one thing, the blood of Jesus Christ. Bring it out into the light. Confess it to God. Confess it to God. And he will, he, will, he will forgive you if you repent with a true heart. He will forgive you. God will not despise a broken and a contrite heart. That's why my heart went out to that pastor yesterday. That pastor was weeping because he had been publicly 
exposed. And I wondered, I couldn't help but wonder how many times did the Holy Spirit go to him to deal with him privately about his sins. He said he struggled. He said he had this struggle. He had this struggle. But how many times did he did the Holy Spirit convict of what he was doing? How many times did he ignore the conviction of the Holy Spirit? You know, because sometimes uh, people will say, I, I, I'll do it next time. I'll do it next time. And then the next time, and then the next time, and then the next time. And then before you know it, you are so deep in sin, deep in sin. The song says, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, thinking very deeply, staying within, thinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, and from the waters he lifted me. Now safe am I. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. If it had not been for the mercy of God, I wouldn't be here tonight. I wouldn't be able to preach this message. I wouldn't be talking to you about secret sin. I know about secret sin. I've been there before. I know the bondage, the shame, and the torment. I know what it's like. But Jesus said that he came to set the captives free. He's a chain breaker. There's power in the blood of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. And there's power in the word. There's power in the Holy Spirit. If you want to be free, you can be free tonight. But you got to be willing to do what it takes to be free. And the first thing is to admit that you got a problem. You know, when people go to a doctor because they're, they're not feeling right in their body, you know, the doctor doesn't call uh, the sick people and say, hey, are you sick? No. What happens is the people call the doctor. The people call the doctor and say, I'm not feeling well. I need an appointment to see the doctor. And soon as you get in his office, he says, what seems to be the problem? He needs you to, come to admit that you have a problem. You've already admitted that by calling him, making the appointment. Now he needs you to go into detail to tell him what the problem is. Doctors do not call people and say, hey, do you have a problem that uh, I, you want me to solve? No, it doesn't work that way. You have to call them and then go to them. And that is the way it is. Our father is the chief physician. When we have a problem, we have to go to him. Yes, he knows all about it. He knew you when you were in your mother's womb, but you've got to go to him and confess, Lord, I have this problem. Lord, I struggle with this. Lord, help me. Help me to overcome this. But we're not willing to. We're not willing to do that. And that's what you do privately. You do that privately. Nobody else has to know that you told God that you were struggling with X, Y, and Z. God doesn't put your uh, 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 information, your business on Facebook. God doesn't put us on blast. What we tell God in private, it'll 
say that. But if we don't go to God privately, the enemy will expose you publicly. He will. He's low down like that. The same devil that you're slipping and dipping and hiding and sliding with will expose you. He'll put your business on the 6 o'clock news. What you thought you was hiding, after a while, everybody will know it. Everybody will know your business. Why? Because you didn't repent. You didn't go to God. You didn't tell God, I got this problem and I need your help. And that's how secret sin operates. You're thinking you're trying to keep this secret and and, 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 and after a while, everybody's going to know. So we ask the Lord tonight to help us to search our heart and see if there be any wicked way in us. And if there is, God, bring it to the light. Bring it to the light. Bring out everything that's hidden in our hearts, Lord. And I want to talk about some secret sins. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. You know, demons, demons try to, they, they're used to, 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 to trip us up and to trap us into to things. And um, he uses uh, a temptation to actually tempt the believer. Something might not even been on your mind, and then it just pops up. And then you like, hmm, you entertain that for one minute. And the next thing you know, you in sin. That's why we got to learn how to cast down wicked imagination. Pull down those strongholds. I want to I wanna, uh, uh, go over this scripture very quickly. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Glory be to God. Casting down imagination and everything that is exalted, that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now let's look at this. God has given us weapons, so we don't war after the flesh. But we have these weapons of our warfare, and they are not carnal. You know, you're not going to cuss a demon out. That's not going to work. But they are mighty through God. Did y'all get that? Mighty through God have mighty weapons of warfare, but they are only mighty through God. So that's why we got to go to God. That's why we have to confess these things. Because these weapons are mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds. What are some of these weapons? The word, the blood, the name of Jesus, prayer, praise, worship, faith, 
These are just a few of the weapons that God has given the believer. They are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and casting down imaginations. Imaginations are, are, are things that the enemy try to bombard your mind with, ungodly thoughts. Those are not your thoughts. You weren't even thinking about that. But he's shooting those arrows, those fiery darts. And that's why you got to have the shield of faith in place. All of the fiery darts of the enemy. Satan is a liar. And everything that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Jesus Jesus went into the temple in Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. And the Bible says Jesus said to them, he quoted from the book of Isaiah. He went in on the Sabbath and he quoted from the book of Isaiah. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to preach deliverance to the captives, covering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty, to set free them that are brown, are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He came to preach deliverance to the captives, opening of the prison doors to them that are bound. That sounds like people that are struggling with stuff. Sinners. That's what he came to do. But he can't do it if we don't let him. We got to let God have his way. Instead of trying to make our own way, oh, I'm going to hide this. I ain't going to let nobody know about this. The enemy will expose you publicly. He will. He will expose you publicly. So I want to talk about some secret sins right now. Some of the secret sins are jealousy, envy. Envy is a bad one because you can smile in somebody's face like you're happy for them. They got a promotion, and you can pretend like you're happy for them. But in your heart, you're envious. And envious, envy and covetousness go hand in hand. Somebody got a new car, and, and they show you their new car. And then your face, your countenance says, oh, I'm happy for you. Oh, what a blessing. I'm rejoicing with you. But your heart is envious car that they got and, and what you're driving, uh, or, or uh, you're covetous. You wish you had their car. That's a bad spirit. Envy and covetousness can lead to murder. It can lead to murder. That's why Cain killed his brother Abel. He was envious. He was jealous and envious of him. And he killed him. Hatred. 
unforgiveness, gossip, bitterness, resentment, something that happened to you years ago. Somebody did you wrong, somebody betrayed you, and you are bitter. I remember uh, one of my sisters, um, God just showed me lemons. He just showed me lemons concerning her. And I told her, I said, God says you're bitter. And, and she tried to, she tried to uh, water it down. She tried to say, you know, what had happened to her. And I said, but you're bitter. You're bitter. And God showed it to me. He just, I saw her face and I saw lemons. That's a spirit of bitterness. She was bitter about something that happened to her, and it was a hurtful thing, but it left her bitter. Resentment, pride, prejudice, self-righteousness, greed, gluttony, idolatry, worry. Fear. These are secret sins. Sexual immorality, perversion, self-glorification. You know, pride and self-glorification, they go hand in hand because people who are proud um, pretend that they are better than others. Yeah, they, 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 they like to boast and, and brag. And, and, and they, you know, they look at other people. It's kind of like um, the Pharisees that, that prayed in the Bible and said, Lord, I'm so glad I'm not like others. The very fact that he said that showed that he was worse than all of them. He was messed up. But he had a self-righteous spirit about him. He wasn't, he wasn't relying on the righteousness of Christ. He, he was relying on his own righteousness. I don't do this. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't. I don't do this. But what were his what were his secret sins? You know, that's what he didn't do publicly. But what were his secret sins? He probably was full of envy and jealousy and pride. He was definitely full of pride because he said, "I don't do what everybody else is doing." And adultery, adultery is a secret sin. Most people do not start out, you know, it's done in secret. It's done in the dark. And people are uh, slipping and sliding and sneaking and hiding in and out of hotels and motels and, and, and uh, until they get caught. Yeah, until they get caught. But the Bible says that if a man looks at a woman and lust after her, he had committed adultery in his heart. Lust is a secret sin. You think nobody can see it. The men are lusting and the women are lusting. Most people that are involved in witchcraft and the spirit of control, they operate in, uh, in witchcraft, but they operate in deceit and craftiness because they're trying to control you, but they don't want you to know you're being controlled. So they try to pretend, oh, I, I'm doing this 
for our good. This is this, this what we're going to do. I'm doing this for your good. But really, it's witchcraft. It's the spirit of witchcraft. They want to control you. Deceitfulness. That's when people try to manipulate you and try to get you to do what they want you to do instead of what you wanted to do. Like, you came up with this idea. You said, uh, well, let's go to the park today. Oh, oh, oh no. Uh, we, we, no, we don't need to go to the park. Um, uh, I heard uh, 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 it's going to be some trouble over there. Uh, I, I, I want to go to the beach. Let's, let's just go to the beach. So they just manipulated you with deceitfulness because – uh, nobody, nobody was talking about no trouble going to be over there at the park. That's how they manipulated you to get you to do what they wanted to do. And that, that's very prevalent today. People are doing this. People are doing this on a regular. It's all in the church. It's all in the church. That spirit of deceitfulness and manipulation. That's a spirit of witchcraft. That's a spirit of control. People use this to get their own will done. Instead of saying, not my will, Father, thy will be done, they're saying just the opposite. Not your will, but my will be done. That's what they're saying. And they use deceitfulness to get you to do what they want you to do. Yeah, they use deceitfulness. Another another secret sin is trickiness and craftiness. Craftiness. People are able to, to, to be so crafty that they can they can manipulate you. They can uh, 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 control you, and you don't even know you're being controlled. So many people tell uh, uh, people, well, if um, if you don't do what I want. Then uh, ain't, ain't, ain't nobody gonna want you. That's not true. That's not true. I'm the only friend you got. That's not true. That's not true. They try to make you feel that way so that they can control you. You you better do what I say do because uh, everybody else uh, they they don't care nothing about you. They out to get you. That's not true. But this is how they manipulate people. Plotting and scheming. Lying. Lying is a secret sin as well as an open sin. Some people, they will lie and, 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 and use trickery and craftiness to 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 get what they want to fulfill their agenda, and then, they, but they do it in a in a uh, 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 um, a manner that they it's not a frontal attack. They come at you sideways, and then you got some people, some liars. I mean, they just come at you with a frontal attack. But whenever they do it uh, sideways, and they come at you with uh, these plots and these schemes, and and I mean elaborate plots plots and screens, just to get you to do what they want you to do. Lying. Betrayal. Betrayal is a secret sin. Look how Judas betrayed Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus knew 
that Judas was the son of perdition. He knew. And that's why he told him when he when he uh 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 left the uh the Lord's Supper, he told him, Do what you must do quickly. Go ahead, because he already knew. He knew who he was, he knew him from the beginning. And he knew what he was gonna do. But Judas Judas operated in betrayal. He made it like he was concerned about um the woman that had the alabaster box. He, he made that he was concerned because she broke that alabaster box. He said it was worth 300 uh, 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 years' wages, and then he said uh, this could have been given to the poor. Judas wasn't concerned about the poor. He was operating in deceit. He carried, he held the bag. He, he was the treasurer. So he knew. He knew what he was doing. He was dipping in the till, had his hands in the cookie jar, but it did not catch Jesus by surprise. Jesus knew he was the betrayer. But what I love about Jesus is that he did not expose him. He knew all along who Judas was. He never told the other disciples who Judas was. It would have caused a ruckus. He kept his secret to the very end. He said the one that dipped his hand, hand in, 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 in this in, in this sock, he said, and uh, he's the one. He's the one that's going to betray him. The disciples were all wondering, is it me, Lord? Is it I? Is it I? He never told. Jesus can keep a secret. So if you take a secret to Jesus, you don't have to worry about it being on Facebook. You don't have to worry about it ending up on Snapchat. You don't have to worry about uh, 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 it ending up on TikTok. Jesus can keep a secret. Problem is, we're not taking our sins to the Lord in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pains we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Evil surmising. Let me tell you what evil surmising is. Evil surmising. It's when you sit up and you conjure up these thoughts about a person that are totally unfounded, and you have nothing to base it on, and you wondering about in 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 in, in your head, you want. I wonder if they do this. I wonder if they, that ain't even none of your business. You don't have any. You don't have anything to base that on. That's evil surmising. That's evil surmising. You don't have no proof. You don't have anything to go on, but yet you're you're wondering about this person when really the person you need to be focused on is you. You don't have time to be wondering what somebody else is doing. They used to have a song. Say, sweep around your own front door. Yeah, you ain't got time to sweep around nobody else's. 
Addictions. Most addictions begin secretly. Porn, drugs, alcohol, it begins secretly. But if you continue in them, you will be exposed publicly. Yeah, because it'll get out of control. You can no longer handle it, and it'll get out of control. Turn with me to uh, Joshua chapter 7. Let's look at um, Brother Aiken. Now remember Aiken, Aiken, he was involved in secret sin. And um, what happened was the children of Israel um, were told to go in and possess the land. And they were doing so uh, little by little, came to this town um, called Ai. And it was a small town. So um, they sent spies to see, you know, how, um, how, how the town was and how much, you know, of the army, of Israel's army they were going to need to go and um, take this town. And so because it was a small town, they said it, uh, they, they didn't need a whole lot of people. And so they made a recommendation that they didn't need a whole lot of people to go and fight against this town because it was a small town. So when they went, they were told not to take anything, not to spare the animals, not to spare the people, and not to take any spoils. And... um None of the vessels, not the gold, not the silver, none of that. They were told in advance not to take it. So they went and um, fought against this town. And um, when they fought against them, this little small town beat the pants off of uh, the children of Israel. And so Joshua, he went before the Lord. But Joshua was like, Lord, what happened? I thought you was with us. Why Why did these people, this little small town, how did they beat us? And the Lord said to Joshua, get up from there. And he said, Israel has seen it. And Joshua was unaware of it. He, he just knew that they did not win that battle, and he was confused. He didn't understand how that had happened. So God told him, gather the children of Israel together, call them out, sanctify fast. He said, uh, and uh, he said, there is an accursed thing in the midst of thee. He said, and that's why Israel could not stand before their enemies. So the next morning, Joshua got the children of Israel together. He called them out tribe by tribe family by family, and he said, uh, there is an accursed thing here, and he said, and, and then he called them out man by man, and he said, uh, this is what the Lord said, and um, so he told them, he said, um, come clean, you need to confess it, whoever you are, you need to come clean. So the family of uh, the Zarites was taken, 
And then out of that family, this man named Zabdi was taken. And then from his household, uh, a man named Achan was taken. And so now they know who has done it because the Lord revealed it all. And then Joshua said to him, starting at the 19th verse, he said, Achan, my son, I pray thee, glory to the Lord God of Israel and make confession. He said, give glory. And then he said, now tell me what thou hast done and hide it not from me. Okay? Because this, this, was, this thing was hidden from Joshua. He did not know what had happened. And Achan answered Joshua and said, indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel. And thus and thus have I done. He said, when I saw among the spoil, now they were told not to take any of the spoil. He said, when I saw among the spoil a goodly Babylonianish garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight, then he basically said, I took it. He said, I coveted it, and then I took it. He said, and I hid it in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran into the tent, and behold, it was hid in the tent. You see, this is a secret sin. It was hid. And he said, and he took them out of the midst of the tent and brought them unto Joshua and unto all the children of Israel and laid them before the Lord. And Joshua and all Israel took with him Achan, the son of Zerah, and the silver and the garment and the wedge of gold and his sons and his daughters and his oxen and his asses and his sheep and his tent and all that, and they brought him them into the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones and burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. And they raised over him a great heap of stones unto this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Wherefore, the name of the place was called the Valley of Achor unto this day. Now, Achor, the Valley of Achor means the Valley of Trouble. And they certainly, uh, Achan and his family certainly met trouble at this place. He disobeyed God, and he allowed the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life to overtake him. He was overcome. He saw a Babylonian garment. He saw uh, 200 weight shekels of silver, and he saw a wedge of gold. And that, and he took it. Not only did he take it, but then he hid it in his tent. I'm telling you today, go and get whatever you got hid in your tent. Let 
it destroy you. Whatever it is, if it's sin, go and get it and bring it out into the open. Confess and make a, 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 a repentance. Repent of it. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. There's so much secret sin, so much hidden sin in the body of Christ today. So much. And, and, and number one is sexual sin. Sexual sin. I'm going to tell you something. It is so much sexual sin in the church today. It is unbelievable. And your worship is polluted. Your praise is polluted. It produces putrefying stench in God's nostrils. He will not receive your praise and your worship. The preaching is polluted. God is not going to receive it. He's not going to receive it. Even your giving is polluted. He will not receive it because of the unconfessed sin in the church today. It's in the leadership. It's in the White House all the way to the outhouse. And we wonder why this nation is not experiencing the blessings of God. It is because of the sin. Sin is a sense to God. And I don't care how much you shout. I don't care how much you dance. I don't care how much you give on top of it, it still is going to sink. It's a stench. Achan disobeyed God. He knew that they were not supposed to take anything, but he stole. He saw it. He lusted after it. He coveted it, and he stole it, and he hid it in his tent. And it cost him his life and his entire family. It got his whole family stoned. You see, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. No man sinneth unto himself. Sin, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. Achan got his whole family killed. His whole family. You don't know how your sin is going to affect somebody else in your household, in your family, or even in the church. You have no idea. You think it's just you. You think, well, uh, it's just me. You got to deal with me. No, no, no. Sometimes you deal with your children. The devil don't play fair. So you, 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 you can't afford. You can't afford to play with sin. Aching sin costs. The children of Israel to lose a battle that they should have won hands down. And when Joshua inquired of the Lord, he felt like, God, what happened here? I thought you said 
And God said, get up from there. Get up from there. There is sin in the camp. There is an accursed thing in the camp. And we're trying to shout over it. And we're trying to praise God over it. And we're trying to preach over it. And we're trying to prophesy over it. And we're trying to do all of this. But sin is in the camp. Sin is in the camp. And that's why it ain't working. That's why all that you're doing is not working. Sin is in the case. You can see there are some people I know, I won't call their names, but I can look at their lives and I can see they go from, from one tragedy to another. And it's because of the, the sin that's in their life. It seems like when they take one step forward, they get knocked back too. And they, they can't see it and they won't even listen to someone when you try to tell them. girl called me not too long ago telling me to pray. I got a text message from her. Pray. There is a, 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 a active shooter in my building. I began to pray. I even called on some of the prayer warriors I know. Pray for this girl. But she is always, constantly in sin. And, and she don't even think you know about it. She's constantly, continuously in sin. And it's only by the grace of God that he spared her life. That active shooter was in that building. He was on the news. He was in that building. Now, she, she don't like me. She she She's one of them people that she'll tolerate me. She don't want to hear what I got to say. But guess what? When she needed prayer, she sent me a text message. She didn't call. She did not call her beer-drinking, cigar-smoking friends to my pray. She called me. And I was glad to pray for her because she got three small children. I didn't want to see nothing happen to her. I didn't want to see those children be left without their mother. But it could have went the other way. That gunman could have went in there and shot everybody. But God spared her life, and she's right back in sin. She's right back in it. I got some family members, cousins. Every time I turn around, there's something with them. One of my cousins, a 17-year-old son, they, they killed him. He already, he's gone, 17 years old. Now she got another son, just got shot. Why? Because they just feel like they can keep selling dope. They feel like there ain't nothing going to happen to them. All these other little boys getting gunned down, but you feel like you, you can just keep selling it. And they can't even see. Hey, we're we not getting anywhere. They hustling backwards. But they continuously in sin, continuously in sin, and something is always happening to them. And they're they not making the connection.
secret sins. Nobody knew he had this stuff. Nobody but God. Nobody saw him get it. And to make sure he hid it under the ground in his tent, and he he put something over it to cover it up. You can't cover sin. You can't hide sin. These secret sins that you're trying to hide, you can't hide them. You can't hide nothing from God. This cost his family their lives. All of them were stoned to death. Because of the love, he yielded to the lust of the eyes, flesh, and the pride of life. Now, you might say, well, he was tempted. I'm glad you said that. Let's talk about that. Let's go over here to uh, James. Let's go over here. James talks about that. Hallelujah. Let no man say, this is James 1, 13 and 14 and 15. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted he any man. But every man is tempted when he is what? Drawn away. You got to be drawn away, lured away from the word of God. He's drawn away by his own lust and enticed. And another word for enticed is seduced. I want you to think about Samson. Samson, for a moment. Let me finish this scripture. For when lust have conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Let's go back to Samson. Samson was a miracle child. And his parents, they had him. The angel of the Lord appeared to them and told them that he was a special child and that he was to be a Nazarite unto the Lord. And God had raised him, was raising him up to be a deliverer. So he was never to drink anything from the vine. He was never to touch anything dead. And he was never to uh, never to touch anything dead, never to drink anything from the vine, and never to cut his hair. Those were the three things. Now, how easy is that? Never drink anything. He couldn't eat grapes, raisins, anything from the vine. Couldn't drink wine. How easy is that? He knew this from birth because his parents were told before he was born. He couldn't cut his hair. And he couldn't touch anything dead. And the very things that he was commanded not to do, that's what he did. And he had a problem. He had a problem with his flesh. Enemies were the Philistines. 
And God gave Samson supernatural strength to deal with them Philistines. He was he was there to, he was he was the children of Israel deliverer, a mighty man who God raised up for this specific purpose. And so, you know, when God shows you who your enemies are and your purpose, the last thing you want to do is go and get entangled with one of your enemies. Now, he could have got one of the daughters of his own people for marriage, but he went and got one of the daughters of the Philistines. He wanted the daughters, one of the daughters of his enemy. So he got the first one, and then she deceived him, and um, she ended up getting killed, her and her father. He didn't stop. That wasn't enough to stop him. God was using him in a mighty way. Philistines couldn't do nothing with him. So they set a trap on him. And I'm going to tell you something tonight. The enemy knows your weakness. And if he don't know it, he won't stop till he finds it out. And his enemy found out Samson's weakness was women. And so he raised up one by the name of Delilah. Now, her, Delilah seduced him. She did just what her name means. She was a seductress. She operated in the spirit of Python. She wrapped herself around him. And see, a python, when a python, a python don't bite you, a python will wrap itself around you and then squeeze you, breaking your bones, your ribs, your, uh, uh, and squeezing the very life out of you. And that is what her name, Delilah, means, to suck or sap the life out of her. That's exactly what she did. She enticed Samson. She used her body to weaken him. The Bible says she made him to sleep on her knees. I, I, I got to turn that. I just got to turn that. Hang on. She made him to sleep on her knees. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. She seduced him. She seduced him and caused him to fall asleep in Judges chapter 16, verse 19. And she made him sleep upon her knees, and she called for a man. And she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head. And she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. And then she said, the Philistines be upon you, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep. He said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. But he knew not that the Lord was departed from him. But the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with feathers of brass, and he did grind in the prison house. 
You see, she set a trap for them. The Philistines, all of them paid her 1,100 pieces. You see, people say that money is the root of, of all evil. No, the Bible does not say that. It says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Delilah sold Samson out to the Lord of the Philistines for 1,100 pieces of silver. But it was not just one Philistine. All of them had to pay her back. So she went to work on it. And the Bible said she caused him to sleep upon her knees. What is a child of God doing with his head in the lap of the enemy? First mistake. And then she cut off his hair. They brought her the money, and, and she caused them to cut off his hair. And she began to, to flick him, and his strength went from him. And then she, and she started taunting him. Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And he jumped up, and he's thinking he could just shake himself and go out like he did at other times, and he didn't even know that God had departed from him. She set him up. He didn't even know. This is what I'm talking about. Secret sin. He didn't even know that the Lord was departed from him. The Lord was the source of his strength. He didn't even know it. Until they came in there and they bound him with chains. And they put out his eyes and put him in the prison. He didn't even know. And that's what sexual sin will do to you. That's what secret sin will do to you. It will cause you to think that you're still anointed. It will cause you to think that you're still preaching good. It will cause you to think, oh, I still got it. It will cause you to think that you're still in right standing with God. In other words, you will be working for the Lord and don't even know you've been fired. It's people that lost their anointing and they still up preaching. They don't even know that the Lord has departed from them. Why? Because of their secret sins, their unconfessed secret sins. They don't even know. They think they're still doing a, a good work for the Lord. The light in the temple, in Leviticus 6 and 13, the light in the temple was never to go out. There was a commandment from the Lord. When they put out Samson's eyes, that was symbolic of the light being put out. It was symbolic of the light being put out. Why did the light go out? The light went out because of secret sin. Samson had one problem, and he didn't take it to the Lord. It was lust. He couldn't control it. 
and it controlled him. He didn't confess it. He didn't take it to the Lord in prayer. And it took it controlled him. As a matter of fact, it overpowered him. Secret things. So we need the Lord to help us. Because the Bible says that none but the righteous shall see God. We need God to help us. Whatever it is you're struggling with tonight, take it to the Lord in prayer. Get on your knees. Get in your secret place. Cry out to God. Stop trying to hide sin in your tent. Bring whatever you got in your tent that's hidden tonight. Bring it out. Bring it to the light. Bring it to the Lord in prayer. Confess it. Say, Lord, I'm struggling with this. Because he's the only one that can help us. God is the only one that can help us. He's the only one that can deliver us. He's the only one. And what you try to hide from God, it'll be an embarrassment to you. Samson ended up embarrassed because he was supposed, his purpose was to be a deliverer, a judge and a deliverer. Israel. And he ended up embarrassed, being an embarrassment. The same thing happened with Eli and his two sons. Their secret sins, what they were doing at the temple. It ended up being an embarrassment. And they were supposed to be priests next in line. Their father, Eli, was a high priest. And they were supposed to be become priests. And yet, they ended up, they died. Why? Because of their secret sins. And Eli knew about them. But he didn't chasten his sons. He didn't correct them. And they all died in the same day. You see, this is what I'm saying. Sin. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Now, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we have to acknowledge that. First John 1 and 9 says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So there's no point in pretending that we are without sin. But we have to take it to the Lord in prayer. Bring it to the light. Stop trying to hide what you really can't hide anyway. You can't hide sin. Where? Where can you hide? Where can you hide from God? From the all-seeing eye of God. Where? Sin will destroy you. 
The only thing we can do with sin is bring it to the Lord. Bring it out. Bring it out in the open to the Lord and confess it to him. God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Eli did not chasten or correct his son and it cost him his life and their life as well. And the Bible says that when the wife was having the baby, the light in the temple went out. And she named the baby Ichabod because the glory of the Lord had departed from Israel. You might think you're still anointed, but you're not. Not if you think this is a great nation, but it's not because it has sinned against the Lord. We have transgressed God's word. And much of it is secret sins. It's things that people don't really publicly say. It's things that have not uh, uh, been exposed yet. It's things that people are trying to hide all the way in the White House. Secret sins, secret conversations, secret deals, secret covenants, secret agreements. And it's been going on for years. And we think God is going to overlook it. He will not. He will not. He's too holy. He will not. And when you see this stuff in the church, this is why he said judgment must begin at the house of God. God's going to deal with the leadership first. With the leaders of this nation, the leaders of the church, going to deal with this. You see in the book of Ezra, and I'm just about to close, in the book of Ezra, Ezra, the priest, he had a difficult assignment. And uh, his assignment was to cleanse the priesthood because he found out that the priest, I'm in the ninth chapter, that the priests and the Levites had not separated themselves from the people of the land, doing according to their abominations, even of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Egyptians, and the Amorites. For they have taken of their daughters for themselves and for their sons, so that the holy seed have mingled themselves with the people of those lands. Yea, the hand of the princes and rulers have been chief in this trespass. You see this secret thing? They didn't even think, they, they acted like God didn't know about it. Now, in Deuteronomy chapter 7, 
verse 3, God specifically told the children of Israel not to mix and mingle with the people of the land that they were going in to possess their land. He said, don't let your son marry their daughters, and don't let your daughters marry their sons. He said, lest they turn their hearts from following me. And then it's going to be a snare unto them. So not only did he tell them what not to do, but he told them why. Tell them don't do it. So the priesthood was really supposed to live a separated, sanctified life. Ezra found out that the priesthood had not lived such a life. They had mixed and mingled. So the Holy Seed of God, there was mixture. And when Ezra said, when I heard this thing, I rent my garment and my mantle and plucked off the hair of my head and my beard and sat down astonished. Then were assembled unto me everyone that trembled at the word of God of Israel because of the transgression of those that had been carried away. And I sat astonished until the evening sacrifice. Ezra's call, calling was to, or part of his calling was to, to address this and deal with it. In the 11th verse, he said, which thou hast commanded by thy servants the prophets, saying, The land unto which ye go to possess it, it is an unclean land with the filthiness of the people of the land. This is why there cannot be any mixture in the body of Christ. He said, Be ye holy, for I am holy. We must live separated, holy sanctified lives unto the Lord. We cannot mix and mingle with the world. We cannot mix. You know, they started this thing uh, a couple of years back called coexist with all these different religions. No, we cannot do that. We cannot mix and mingle. Why? Because we are the people of God, the called out assembly. He said, come out from among them. And sometimes we get this thing so mixed up because, you know, we, we hang on to these family relationships. I got to talk about that for a minute. You know, that's my cousin. That's my sister. That's my family. I, I, I got to go to the family cookout. I got to I gotta go. I got to go where my family is. I got to see about my family. But the Bible says, who is my family? They that do the will of my father. This is what Jesus said when they were saying to him, your mama, your, your brother, they, they, they calling for you, they calling for you. Jesus said, my family is them that do the will of my father. So even though he had a biological family, he didn't get it twisted. He did not get it twisted. He knew who they were, but he knew he was a part of the family of God. And this is where we run into so much trouble. You're trying to live a safe, sanctified life, but you keep going over Pukinim house. You keep going over there with Bobo Nim. You keep trying to hang with them. Now, it's going to be one or two things happening. 
Either you're going to influence them, and you, you ain't got the Holy Ghost, so you ain't got no power to influence them, or they're going to influence you. The Bible says after one or two admonitions, leave them alone. You have told them about the Lord. They have seen what God has done in your life. You keep trying to get them to come go to church with you. They ain't going to no church. That's why when I preach a funeral, I make an altar call at the funeral because they won't come to church. You got to do what you got to do. So we don't need to keep running after them. There are countless souls that want to hear the gospel. There are countless souls that want to be saved. I'm still, I'm trying to get my cousin and my cousin and we grew up together. They're my people. They're my people. When they get ready, you won't have to chase them now. You won't. All you got to do is keep praying and fasting for them. Believe God for them. But you ain't got to keep running them down. They're not even interested in what you're talking about. They smoking blunts. And all this other stuff, and you talking about Jesus, they ain't studying you. They ain't even listening. I know, because I've been there. So what do we do? We keep them in prayer. Keep them on the altar. Keep them, keep calling their names before the Lord. Praying that they'll have a change of heart before it's too late. Because we can all see the clock on the wall. Jesus is coming soon. Ezra, he told them that they were supposed to stay out of the filthiness of the land, not participate in their abominations, not get involved in their uncleanness, because a little bit of leaven leavens the whole lump. He told them, don't give your sons to their daughters, and don't give your daughters to their sons. And then he had, a, he had a hard assignment. He had to tell them to separate themselves, starting at the 10th chapter. Now, when Ezra had prayed and when he had confessed, weeping and casting himself down, Ezra wasn't even guilty of this, but he confessed it as a nation. And the Bible says that when he got through, then the people wept very sore. And they said, we have trespassed against God, and we have taken strange wives. What are strange wives? I'm not talking about marriages today. I'm not talking about uh, marriages in the natural sense. I'm, I'm talking about things that we have married to. We've made covenants. We've made agreements. With, with the Philistines in, 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 in this world. And, and, and we, 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 we wonder why things are not going well. We, we've made covenants with these things, hallelujah. These, we've made unholy alliances. You're trying to take something that's unclean and join with it and think that because you clean, it's going to be clean. It's not going to happen. We're making business deals and agreements. Well, people, they, they, they don't want the Lord. They don't want the Lord. Best thing you can do is keep them on the altar, keep them in prayer. You're trying to go in business with them. 
you unequally yoked. We make marriages to these things. Now, I'm going to talk about this before I close tonight. A lot of people in the body of Christ are in covenant with these fraternities and these sororities and all this Freemasonry, and you think that you are really saved, but you are not. Some people marry into Catholicism, and you wonder why you can't get the devil out of your house because you're serving a false god. Nowhere in the Bible did God tell us to pray to Mary. Nowhere in the scriptures. Mary didn't die for us. At least Mary didn't die for me. Mary didn't hang on the cross for me. It was Jesus. It was Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, whose blood was shed. And you want to make a covenant with some unholy entity. You're in a marriage with some unholy entity. I'm not talking about a natural marriage. I'm not talking about your husband or your wife. I'm talking about things that you have married to that are not of God. You've made agreement. And those, those, those covenants that you have made, you don't even know how wicked they are. Most people that's in Freemasonry and the Eastern Stars and all of that, they don't even know the magnitude of how wicked those organizations are. These people are serving in the church, singing on the choir, ushering on the usher board. Many deacons are Freemasons. Call themselves a deacon and you call yourself, you're a Freemason. May God have mercy on you. And some of you know the truth. Some of you know the truth about these organizations, but you're operating in deceit, the spirit of deceit and stubbornness. And you won't come out of it. You're in secret sin. You're in secret sin because you deceive other people to get them in these organizations. You make them think it's such a wonderful thing. You know how wicked that mess is. It's wicked. It's, it's wickedness. You have pledged your heart to another, but you claim you're married to the Lord. You're committing a spiritual adultery, and you are in sin. You've gone a whoring after other gods, all these false gods tied up with that Freemasonry, Osiris, all of this, all of this, the Eastern stars, they worship the sun, they worship the sun. God is not pleased with this, and it's in the house of God. And he's saying to you tonight, come out from among them and be ye separate. Run for your life. If you are in this, I encourage you to get on your knees tonight and confess. Confess your sins to the Lord Jesus Christ. Do it privately. Do it privately. Some of you know that you've made a mistake. 
you know, hey, I got in this thing. I didn't know what it was, but now I see. And you're ashamed. You, you want to come out, but you're ashamed. You're like, what will the brothers think? First of all, them ain't your brothers. And it's not what they think. It's what God thinks. And what has he said? Thou shalt have no other God beside me. That's what he said. We have to worship him and him alone and serve him in the beauty of holiness and righteousness. Why? Because none but the righteous shall see God. So I want to encourage you tonight. If you're in secret sin, come out. Come out tonight. And it's real simple. Just find you a quiet place. Get on your knees and confess to God. Confess it to God. Tell God what you're struggling with. Tell God what you got hid in your tent that you think nobody else don't know about. Come clean with him tonight. Come out of secret sin. The thing that you are hiding, the very thing that you are hiding or trying to hide, it will destroy you. I encourage you tonight to get on your knees and cry out to the Lord. Read Psalm 51 and ask the Lord to create in you a clean heart. Pray for courage. Pray for wisdom. Ask God to help you. Ask God to help you come out of whatever it is you into tonight. That is not of God. And you know it's not of God. You've been feeling the conviction. Ask God to bring you out. Ask him to bring you out tonight. And he will. He will deliver you. He will hear your cry and pity your groan. He will deliver you. You're there tonight, cry out to him. You listen to this message, call on the name of Jesus, and he will answer you. Apostle, are you there tonight? This is Evangelist Janet Taylor coming to you live from Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry International located in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 1148, Walkertown, North Carolina, 27105. If you have been blessed by tonight's message, Secret Sins, if this message has ministered to you in any way, I encourage you to sow a seed into this ministry. You can sow a seed through PayPal or through Zelle using our email address for the identification, which is jetn.com. You can find us on the web at www.wallsoffiredeliveranceministry.com. 
If you need prayer, give us a call at 336-830-0601. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I want to close with these words. Now, the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for allowing us to be with you on tonight and to minister this word, secret sin. God bless you. Amen. And have a good night.